0: Blog Talk Radio. Wow, Zoe! Here it is. It's a sunny winter day. The sky is blue. There are little scant clouds up there, and it is gorgeous cold outside. If you're looking outside thinking, no, it's horrible, it's cold out there, the sun is too bright, there's clouds in the sky, I feel bummed out, I want it to be warm, stop and shift your gears. This is psychologist Dr. Deb Carlin at the K-Factor, where K equals kindness and the factors are all the things that lead to it. So that kvetching that you do when you are complaining about what it's like outside, is that really and truly kind to you, to yourself, and to the kind of day that you are setting into motion with that line of thinking? No, it's stinking thinking, and you need to cut it out. Just knock it off and switch the gears in a snap. It's really funny the way that people experience what it is that I do and I say. I was sitting with some people that I really care about the other day, and the woman has just gotten out of the hospital from pneumonia and has had respiratory things going on for months and months and months and bronchitis and cold, and it finally exacerbated into pneumonia. And as I was sitting and talking to her, I said, you look so pretty. And she was taken aback because, of course, she's been in the hospital. She's been sick. She feels crummy, even though she's feeling better. And she laughed and she said, how can you say that, really? And I said, yes, it looks like you've lost a little weight. I can see in your face. It just looks so pretty. It's just, it's lovely. And she said, but I just I just had pneumonia. And I said, and I'm so glad that you did. And she, of course, was gasp. And the guy who was sitting with us started laughing and I said, "Yes, because that was the pneumonia was the signal of your body giving you an invitation that you couldn't hear that became a demand for you to rest, and she knew it was true. She is like so many of us on the go, pushing forward. I can't take time off. Are you insane?" I've got all this work to do. I have an employer. I have clients. I have customers. I have patients. Whatever it is that you have, I have students. They all need me. How can you possibly think that I could take that time? What a nutty psychologist thing to say. Okay. Well, here's how it works. If you need to rest, your body is going to find a way for you to get the message so you either cooperate and do it intuitively and preventatively or it will catch you and she got caught and I said the reason that I'm happy that you got the pneumonia and landed in the hospital was because you then had to rest and indeed you did And the beautiful look on your face, the beauty that I'm seeing is you rusted as opposed to pinched and stressed and pushed. Illness is an opportunity to walk into well-being. Think about that for a second. Illness is an opportunity to walk into well-being. So the guy who was laughing says out loud, you know, she can take any situation. There she goes again. She can take and does any situation, no matter what it is, and turn it into something that is positive. And the three of us laughed, and I said, yeah, and you know what? It's not artificial. It's absolutely genuine. Because no matter what it is that happens to us in this life, There is an opportunity to turn it around. If you haven't heard it already, and I don't know who said it originally, but it's not so much what it is that we are presented with in this life as it is how we deal with it. People go through things Every day, all day long, and some of it is received with open arms because it's so lovely. It's like getting your favorite treat. You want to just embrace it and devour it because it's fabulous and it's delicious. It makes you feel good, puts a smile on your face. And then there's other things that were delivered in this life every day throughout the day that feels threatening and intimidating and demoralizing and demeaning, and they want to throw up or scream or punch someone or run away. But two people can be standing side by side, having the same experiences, and have a different interpretation of it, have a different deal with it. It's all in how we interpret it and in how we allow ourselves to believe that we have a way to be proactive in this life and reinterpret anything and everything all day long. Or we can be a victim and feel like things happen to us and we have no control and no influence. We do. We absolutely do mine has not been a completely charmed life with nothing touching me that's horrible or even evil. I absolutely have had experiences in this lifetime that if I shared them with you, I guarantee I could bring you to tears or I could have your mouth hanging open thinking that I am somehow horrible. We all have things that happen in this life that we do, that gets done onto us, and the opportunity each and every time is for us to learn. That's part of our mission here in this life. So how does it begin? I am thinking a lot about the section in Build the Strength Within, section three, which is the core the core. And in this section, I introduce you to Wayne Dyer, who I am most appreciative of. I love the way in which he presents to us who it is he is and what it is that he would like for us to do. He's He is... Um, He's an interesting character because the way that he has evolved, he now is a guy who stands on the stage in bare feet with his bald head, (coughs) excuse me, wearing a kind of a, I don't know, looks like maybe he's going to do judo any second or sit into a meditative pose. I think he's trying to provide the minimum stimulus for us with his attire. He doesn't want us distracted by a hairdo or a pair of shoes, and he wants to be comfortable. And his outfit is, there's not much to look at. It's just a black outfit. And it's comfortable. He wants you to really sink into a relaxed, responsive, receptive state. And I love what he writes about in The Power of Intention because he ties together the human psyche, and the laws of nature with spiritual philosophy to provide a rich and substantive program for becoming aware and powerful in this lifetime. And the central me- message from Dyer in this book about the intention to accomplish what you want is that it is simple. Just get the ego out of the way so you can realign yourself the process of realignment means adjusting your belief system so that you are not defined by your material things How about that not defined by your material things the list of your accomplishments what people think of you or by any self-imposed feelings and thoughts of isolation from a guilt about how unconnected you are to your life. Honestly, I found this difficult to grasp when I first heard it. And I had to go back and read his book. I don't even know how many times I've gone back and read his book. There was something that attracted me to it and pulled me in. And I would read it and I would think, "I, I must be completely stupid all of a sudden because I don't know what the hell he's talking about. And I kept going back and wanting to read it and wanting to understand. And when things are really powerful, sometimes that's how it starts for us. It's a lot to wrap our mind around. But what I know and what I knew when I was trying to read this book, each time I want a life that is about intention, not happenstance. I do not want a life of happenstance. So that at any point in my life, but particularly when I am in my 80s, I don't want to be sitting somewhere saying, how in the world did I end up here? This wasn't what I thought would happen. No. And that's why Build the Strength Within is called Blueprinting for a Successfully Intentional and Integrated Life. Now, if you're listening to this and you are a person of faith, A part of what you're thinking is, how audacious is she to be talking about intentional when there is a source, a God, who has a plan for us? I believe that too. However, I don't believe that our job is to sit back and be passive. I think our job is to use the gifts that we have. And by the way, if you are listening and you are able to comprehend what I am saying, You are using your gifts, and you do have gifts. Not everybody who's on this planet is capable of tuning in to a program of any sort, is capable of hearing, is capable of processing my words. If you think about that for a minute, think about how fortunate you are that you have this gift right now. I'm feeling blessed because I have the ability to speak and to see in addition to those other gifts. It's amazing. As I went through Dyer's book, I really loved so many components of it. And I'm going to read to you what I have here in my book about understanding him. And I don't think it will sound like I'm reading because it really is my words, and I believe this, So first, the idea of needing to place the ego to the side, it it seemed odd to me when I started reading about it. And it was even a little, I felt a little defensive. However, when I stopped for a moment and thought about it clearly, I realized that my reaction was defensive. And any time we have such a response, we are invited to pause and ask why. I extend that invitation to myself routinely and find it to be highly productive. Now, Dyer provides a very helpful technique about how to get into the mindset where it's possible to put ego aside and enter the zone of reception to the idea of having a clear intention. He calls it holding on to the trolley strap. Now listen to this. I think this is a fascinating story. He relates a story of being a small boy and riding trolley cars with his mother and his brothers. Trolley cars, much like today's rapid transit trains, have both seats for you to sit on, <clears throat> as well as standing room. When you are left standing, you know, you're being tousled about unless you can grab onto something. So you can either grab onto a pole or they're straps that are over your head. They're like looped straps. Given that he was only a small child at the time that he was riding these trolleys, the option of grabbing the strap was impossible. It was about four feet up over his head. However, as the trolley bounced around, he would use his childhood imagination to pretend he was holding the strap and that he was tall and holding on safely as the trolley would then take him safely to whatever destination he had in mind. In his book, he goes into great visionary detail along the ride to create a glorious story as he distracted himself from whatever sort of uncomfortable feelings he had as he stood Right there is a three-foot-tall kid being jostled about amongst people who were five and six feet tall. Can you remember being that little? Being around people who were more than twice your height? He describes himself as being very internal and also hardy. He explains that the trolley story has an application for him in his adult life and he invites us to participate. So take that imagery of standing on a train and you're too short by four feet to grab that strap up above. And there's no room on the pole or the pole isn't nearby. You've got to try and imagine it so that you can balance yourself not an easy trick. But as an adult, he creates the same mental picture of the trolley car and the reach for the strap whenever he wants to invite the mindset of intention. He envisions that strap still hanging high enough that he cannot grasp it, but he has to reach, reach very far and envision it. And the trolley is now what he calls the flowing power of intention. And he is reaching to grasp what he needs through the strap connected to that power. The imagery is clear. It's the power of the connection and the feelings of safety and comfort that that it elicits. The vision of the grasp being successful enough to quell anxiety, fear, anger, and frustration and place him into the zone of relief and calm. I want to tell you, this is very powerful, and yes, it is a mind game. And as a psychologist, I get accused of playing mind games all the time, and I accept that accusation because it's 100% accurate. But my mind games are always in the direction of goodness and well-being. And life is a mind game. The most powerful part of us is this wonderful, wonderful thing inside of this thick skull of ours. And it is our mind. I love this mind game in particular because all of life really is a mind game and it is indeed how we play the game that really matters. I find that his imagery works for me and when I utilize it, there is no way to hold on to fear or any negatives. Life in its greatest moments is always a reach. A reach for something meaningful in the way of a connection. Whether that connection is to a person or an event, it is always a reach for a connection. So what does it take in order to be able to begin to do this. It begins with trust. And that really is the central part of this part of my book and this part of my work. Trust. Another one of my favorite authors is Stephen Covey. I love what he writes about effectiveness and effective habits, but what I really love is his book, The Speed of Trust, and the ways in which he gets us to understand and appreciate that trust can really be mapped out. There's a formula that he presents in his book, and it's called The Economics of Trust. And by the way, I put this In the book, and it's one of the 11 self assessments that I have you work through. And here's the formula excuse me. Trust always affects two outcomes speed and cost. When trust goes down, speed goes down, and cost up. I have this on page 154 in the book. It's also on the blueprint, excuse me, in the back of the book. And it's also, you can see it for no charge on the website at drdubcarlin.com and the blueprints that I have made available to you on the website. So think about this. When trust is low, Doesn't it take a long time for anything to happen? Yes, because we don't trust that person. Think about a divorce process. When you're divorcing yourself from somebody, typically, trust has been violated on one side or the other, and if you're the one who feels like it's been violated... You don't have any trust, and you want to make sure every I is dotted and T is crossed because you are not going to get ripped off by that other person yet again. And that mindset, when trust is low, means that everything slows down because you are caught up in wanting to make sure that everything is right. And what happens when it takes longer? It gets very expensive. It gets expensive for the time that you have to invest in your attorney in doing all the details, it's also expensive in terms of your time and it's very expensive for you psychologically and emotionally. And eventually, because it's stressful, it's very expensive for you physically, physiologically. This is the same scenario, not just in a marriage, but it's also in a business relationship that ends badly. Things fall apart when trust is lost and everything takes longer to accomplish as a result. Mm. So what do we do? What do we do in order to have trust, in order to be able to have a life of intention, in order to be able to trust the self? How do we do that? Where does it begin? Well, if we listen to Stephen Covey, and I do, I believe what he has written. I think that he has invested a lifetime in thinking about these things and figuring them out. So I use his material. Oh, I'm so sorry to keep clearing my throat here today. I have a winter throat. I I listen to him, I read him, I map his stuff out, I blueprint it, and then I add my portions to the formula that I think make it my voice integrating with his material. And for me it works and I share it with you because I'm always reaching, always reaching to be intentional. And as we say here at Partners in Excellence, who is the sponsor of this show, Reaching for excellence is really a reach all the time. So what what he says is that we have to establish four cores of credibility, and here they are. Number one is integrity. Number two is intent. Number three is capabilities. And number four is results. This is how we get to trust. This is your plan of action tool for trust. So what do I mean by and what does he mean by those four cores of credibility? Well, with your own self, you need to do these things. You need to have integrity. You need to have intent. You need to have capabilities. And then you need to look at the results. Integrity is when you walk your talk, when you are congruent with yourself. I had so many people tell me as I was developing Build the Strength Within Deb, build your brand and live your brand. You have to be the best version of yourself. Well, quite frankly, when I started writing Build the Strength Within, I was recovering from a situation of utter despair, sadness, heartbreak, and major loss. I was having to build the strength within. I knew that my recovery from the loss of my second parent I lost my mom in 2009 my dad I lost in uh, 1995 Oh my gosh I was devastated heartbroken at the reality that mommy and daddy were gone from this life Spiritually I knew that I could maintain the connection and they would always be in my mind and my heart but it just it's sad It's sad. There's no way around it. It's sad. It is just sad. So, I knew I needed to honor my mom and dad and what they taught me, as well as what I learned in my training and my own life experience, and roll it all together and build myself back together through Build the Strength Within, because the strength is already within you. But it meant... For me to have integrity in my brand, I really had to do everything I was writing about, everything I believed in. So let me tell you, after sitting bedside for a few years, after sitting in hospitals, spending time in hospitals, devoting time to physician visits, and trying to figure out ways that my mother had a a wonderful, lovely, positive number of years In the last few years of her life, I made a conscious choice and I allowed myself to indulge and indulge in things that took me away from things that were more about comfort than they were about activity and athleticism and healthfulness and well-being. So, when she passed away, I was not my athletic self. I certainly wasn't my felt self, and I wasn't the person that I've been building the inner strength within, so I look and feel a lot more physically and psychologically and emotionally healthy now. I needed to walk my talk and be congruent. That's integrity. And people make note of it. You have integrity. You know what you talk. Are you walking your talk? We build trust with people when they see that we really appear to be and feel to be and seem to be living what we're preaching to them. And people are really giving me great feedback these days, by the way, because I am doing it increasingly. And I'm loving it. So that's number one intent. We've got to have our motives clear. They need to be honorable and always a straightforward win-win. If you screw that up, if you are trying to get on top of somebody in a deal and outmaneuver them or figure out a way to rip them off or undercut them or get the upper hand or do a better deal, it's not clean. It's not honorable. And that intent You're never going to establish trust if your intent is not really filled with integrity and honesty. In terms of capabilities, you can't do what it is you want to pull off and have trust in yourself or with others if you're really trying to do things you're not capable of. You have to hone your skills. You have to get really good at what it is that you do. And don't we all turn to the experts who seem to be very capable, very capable. That's whose expertise we want, whether it's the chef or the cook at the restaurant that we go to or it is the way that we get ourselves dressed in the morning. We want to be able to have the capability to pull ourselves together that, by the way, gives us credibility because we've pulled it together and we go, wow, I did a great job today. And that leads to the fourth and that is the results that we get. We need to begin with trusting ourselves. Now, in the book, I go on in this plan to talk about adopting the five ways of trust, which are all the things between you and yourself, you and society, you and the organizations that you deal with, you and the marketplace out here in the world, both personally and professionally, And then also dedicating yourself to thinking about the ways in which you behave, the ways in which you speak, the ways in which you are seeing things, and the ways in which you see are seen by others. (coughs) This is essential. And you know, when I am working with people every single day, The most common theme, and it always crushes my heart a little bit because I can feel their agony. The most common theme across everyone who is experiencing some despair, some trust issues, some problems in this life, in this world, it has to do with their foundation in terms of where they place their faith, And it also has to do with how much they are willing to trust their self, trust their purpose in this life, and trust the dimensions that I'm telling you about. We need to take the time to settle in and settle down and believe. Believe. Based on faith, you don't have to prove it. Just believe. Just uh, open your arms and say, I believe. I believe that I am here on this planet, on this life, to do something that is meaningful and good and filled with goodness. I believe, I trust that I am good. I believe, I trust that I have a really beautiful life purpose. I am here for impact that is good. I trust that I love myself. I trust that that love is pure. I trust that I am a credible human being. I trust that I have integrity. I trust that my intentions are honorable. And I am going to walk that talk and behave that talk and allow others to see that as much as I will see it. When you do this, I believe... And I know from my experiences, it will revolutionize your life. You will turn a corner, and you will be on a path that even if you're already happy and productive and successful, will increase that exponentially and consistently over time with every step that you take. Give it a try keep coming back here to the K-Factor where you can learn all the ways that kindness can be the primary factor in your life that brings you goodness and happiness and contentment so that when you are taking your last breath, you are leaving this life with integrity, knowing that you did the very best that you could and having a kind impact, most importantly, with yourself because then you can extend it to others. Friends, this is Dr. Deb Carlin here at K-Factor today, closing out another episode, hoping that you'll go to drdebcarlin.com and take advantage of the wealth of video and audio and articles and blogs and content that there is there for you to review, enjoy, and use to your benefit, trusting trusting that it's good, trusting that it's credible. Bless you for tuning in. Take care. Come back soon. This is Dr. Deb Carlin signing off.